0: All right,
1: well, may the fourth be with you, or uh now Cinco de mayo, I guess <laughs> also my dad's birthday, happy birthday, pops, nice, happy <laughs> birthday, Papa sibling today. Big five o Wow, it's crazy how young your dad is, uh, <laughs> so uh, we have Disney earnings uh today by the time you listen to this, they've probably already come out, but um Brett and I will be talking about disney um we're we're day late on May the fourth, just with the little tech issues with our Instagram live and so um, today, we're going to spend a little time just going into the history of Disney and, and what we're looking at with earnings coming up here, and we'll probably have a post-earnings post, post earnings review. But first and foremost, with everything, I always need to mention disclosure. Um, you know, We're just talking about certain individual companies on this podcast. We always recommend you consult with an advisor. Don't take what we're saying today as advice. Um, we may or may not have positions in some of the companies that we own. Um, and those positions that we do or don't have may change. So uh, definitely feel free to consult an advisor. We're here to help you. We have a great, uh, diverse and, and deep team. So um, Brett, why don't you start us off with uh, how, how did we get here with Disney?
0: yeah and um you know before we get into that it, today is disney day and so i just wanted to you know tell you guys we have a ton of, of media going out today we've got ross on fox news we've got ben on yahoo finance i just finished a tda interview right now we also got hatem one of the managing partners on cheddar so you know be sure to check that out too um uh, but you know as far as like how we got here with disney um uh, they've had a ton of acquisitions over the years right we've got they had Pixar in 2006, they had uh, Marvel, they had Lucasfilms, um, they've got Maker Studio and Bamtech, which they used to, you know, create the DTC unit, which has really been carrying them. Uh, DTC is their Disney Plus and Hulu brands. And, uh, even the big one, 21st Century Fox last year. So it's truly just become like a, a media giant, wouldn't you say, Ben?
1: Yeah, and what perfect timing to focus on becoming a media giant um, through what has ultimately happened with this coronavirus that's forced forcibly shut down their parks. Um, you know they they have the studios which have been absolutely dominating the box office. When you look at some of their specific content, you look at Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, Avengers. You got Aladdin. You got Lion King. You got Pixar's Toy Story. Um, you got Frozen and then you have the behemoth of uh, of Star Wars and so Disney is just dominating the content front and what are we doing right now we're we're sitting at home and we're consuming this content and so this pivot to direct consumer um was huge for them and they they have so much IP in their parks and uh for all the companies that they've acquired uh it's it's a great opportunity for Disney I mean,
0: yeah, and it it sucks that they it did, it did just come off that like historic milestone too. It's yes, they made this pivot to to streaming, but like their movies were just firing on all cylinders. I mean, you mentioned a few of them, right? And most of those that you even mentioned actually did over a billion um, each. Um, you had you know Captain Marvel that did one point one three billion. You did Avengers did two point eight billion. Toy Story did another billion. And so, you know, they actually had this historic milestone of earning thirty-three percent of all domestic box office for the entire year. Um it's really the first time since nineteen ninety nine actually that a single studio has commanded that much of the box office revenue in US uh in, in the States basically. So they do have you know tremendous value in this IP. Um, but, you know, why don't we kind of go into the different segments that they do have and what's really carrying the company?
1: Yeah, well, what usually is the night in shining armor but won't be this quarter uh, are the parks. So the parks experiences products that makes up one third of the revenue for Disney. And that is going to be obviously dramatically hurt in uh, the last month of the quarter uh, because the parks are shut. Um, and, and historically, this has been disney 's cash cow I mean you got Brett and his girlfriend going to Disneyland <laughs> buying high margin pointless items and just repeatedly going and so you know they single handedly I, I I think we 're keeping uh, keeping Disney parks open but only o- only kidding on brett but um you know that's that 's been a huge problem and and the reopening of these parks is is not going to be easy um, Shanghai is looking like it 's going to open up quicker but you know, Disney has the data, they have the information, and they have the ability to adapt and the right people in the right places. But um, inevitably, like large crowds is is not going to be, it's not going to be the thing for the next few months. And so um, it's going to be a little bit of time before Disney parks open.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to like, what will a soft opening look like, right? And I do think that there's a ton of pent up demand, Uh, you know, my friends, they all want to go immediately right when it opens. Um, You know, like they're not scared of this virus necessarily to go to Disneyland at 50% capacity, let's say.
1: That's the thing, right? So imagine if you know that half, I mean, not for me, but so many people, if they can know that it's going to be cut off at 50% capacity, they're going to be so excited because it's half the lines. No
0: lines. Right? (laughs)
1: And uh, And then you get to go on so many rides, you want to spend more time there. And again, you end up spending more money. And so what that, the soft opening is going to be challenging, but if there's any company that is equipped to deal with it, it's going to be Disney. And look, the park is big, right? Although there's a lot of people in the park and although there's a lot of people in lines, there's a lot of space to spread people out. And so we're confident Disney's, uh, Disney's going to figure that side of the business out basically as soon as they're allowed, um, and with that, Brett, why don't why don't we jump a little more into the studio and what we're what we're thinking, uh, kind of some changes here going on with the studio side of the business?
0: Yeah, it, it's uh interesting time for all the studios, not just for Disney, but, you know, all of Hollywood basically being shut down. Uh, but, you know, what we're seeing and what I'm seeing, at least, is is really just a move towards streaming and releasing movies, possibly direct to that consumer over like video on demand, let's say so. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot about this, like Trolls World Tour movie that came out uh, that Universal did. In, you know, they did over a hundred million dollars in the first three weeks, just going direct to the consumer in a global pandemic, just renting it out for twenty bucks and, a month.
1: And just to get perspective, so this is the Trolls World Tour. The original Trolls movie came out in twenty sixteen. In the entire year, it only did one hundred sixteen million in the box office, right? So we're already we're already there. Probably in in a month's time. Um, And the theaters aren't going to like this. Exactly, right? So we've already seen this because uh, basically AMC's come out and talked about banning NBC Universal movies. But
0: is there a chance they could do this to Disney? I don't think so. Honestly, like Disney is the king of content. Like if they wouldn't have any movies to show, what would they show?
1: Yeah, exactly. With seeing how Disney has dominated the box office. And so we're looking at some form of a hybrid model that, look, this could end up being very good for Disney because they spend a lot of money on these movies and if it's going to the theater, they have to pay the theater a lot of money, right? And so Disney, if they go direct to consumer, like they're going to keep more revenue, kind of like the video game companies, right? Why, why be a video, why sell your video game companies in Best Buy when you lose half the profit when you can just download it directly onto your Xbox
0: or your, yeah. you know, your that's, a, that's actually a great example. And like, that's the new normal, which has only happened over the past couple of years too. You know, more of a pop the disc in guy myself, but you know, now everything is downloaded. You can't even basically buy them and it's not worth it to go to the store.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I wonder <laughs> if my two-year-old
1: nephew will even know what a disc is. Probably not i mean it's it's that's so crazy to think about but but yeah that's i mean that that direct to consumer model for them uh is is going to be good and and shifting more into the direct to consumer model um Brett, why don't you start why don't you outline some of the highlights we've seen um with disney and and hulu and ABC yeah and, and
0: well, on. they also have all these media networks right um but that's also kind of challenging right now because you know they they also have ESPN and, and A, A, ABC which would, Tend to be playing uh, NBA playoffs right now too, so they're missing out on that advertising revenue. You got uh, NFL that you know they're going to try to figure out a way to play, maybe without fans, but like, how exciting is that? We need to
1: make sure the the NFL season <laughs>
0: happens this year. Um, I,
1: it needs to happen. This is I've never been so excited for the NFL season until this year.
0: Ben, as you can tell, is a Bucks fan, and he's really excited about Tom Brady and Gronk, but I don't think it's going to happen in classic Bucks fashion. <laughs> but, yeah, of <laughs> course this is this is the year but but look with with ESPN uh football
1: likely will come back on I, I, I think it's hard to imagine come football season we don't have it maybe it's without fans but going to a football game um i actually went to uh, the buccaneers worst loss in franchise history against the 49ers a few years ago that was the worst that was the game that i went to which Funny was game. yeah just ideal but Look, going to a football game, the seats are hard. There's so many players on the field, so many people on the field. It's hard to see what's going on. So um, sport, getting football figured out. People love to watch that, watch that on TV. And um, great timing for this Michael Jordan documentary, right? So that's on ESPN. And, I mean, that has insane ratings. That is what everyone is talking about right now. Everyone is desperate for sports. And it's a great story. And I don't know about you, Brett, but – you know, Michael Jordan is a little before our time and more of the Kobe story for us. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. It was a whole different game back then. Um, just like watching how much, how much more physical the game was and all of that. I mean, it's, Michael Jordan would just be dominating in, in this day and age with how the game is played. It's right
0: also now. interesting that, you know, they released that type of content and we've all of a sudden seen, you know, the partners at our firm um, that are, you know, Gen X mostly uh, are all excited about it now. And they, um, you know, that's really what's gotten a hold of them. And so now Disney Plus has, you know, if you have kids, you're you're certainly going to have Disney Plus because you're not canceling that um but you know now the adults also want ESPN too so they've really captured like a wide age demographic
1: yeah definitely and and yeah jumping more into like the Disney plus the direct to consumer so we the Hulu acquisition was great there's a lot of amazing content um disney plus already has over 60 million subscribers right
0: I think it's fifty million for now, but I'm sure that they're gonna up guidance. They haven't um, already on their this earnings report that's about to come out.
1: Yeah, so that was that was early April when we got those numbers. So it's hard for me to imagine um, that that I mean that could be a hundred million by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, and they were projecting only ninety million in the first five years, and we're not even finished with the first not year. Even right, not finished with the first yeah. year. Yeah. It's just amazing that the growth that it's had. And yes, it only accounts for twelve percent of the revenue right now. But if we project that out, um, like, you know, what were you saying earlier? It was like what if it was ten bucks a month, let's say, how many subscribers yeah. would they have? Yeah, I mean
1: if we get a hundred million subscribers at ten bucks a month, it's it's lower right now, it's discounted seven bucks. But I mean you're you're talking about a billion dollars in revenue a month. Yeah, right. Just
0: cash flow, free cash flow.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's high margin stuff. They already own so much of the content, they already have it and and look when you're when pe- more people are working at home, and that's not necessarily going away and, and kids are hooked on the Disney content and so I just it's hard it's hard for us to imagine that even once this say at home order is lifted and and you know people go back to work it's it's hard to imagine that that little monthly payment that you're paying towards Disney plus um you're gonna get rid of it
0: yeah I mean because they always say like oh well you know there's only so many streaming. Content you can subscribe to. Um, well, you know, we were looking at some surveys of this, and you know, one survey specifically, uh, Business Insider, had about 85% of the people who responded, and this was done in, in late March, actually. Um, they said that, you know, obviously you're sitting at home, are you watching more TV? 85% of people they said yes. The other 15% of people were lying. Yep, now, totally then right. they asked them, what exactly did you sign up for if you did sign up for a new streaming service? And guess what the number one was? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. And it was, uh, followed by none other than. Yeah, Hulu. Hulu. Right? So I was kind of su- surprised. I would have guessed that Netflix would have been up there, but kind of thinking about it again, a lot of Netflix uh, growth is coming from the international markets, and this was just a domestic survey. So it could be skewed a little bit that way. But it was amazing to see that that was the number one service that people were signing up for.
1: Yeah, totally. And and that's, that's another interesting story. So I, I don't know the numbers offhand, but I think Netflix has about 150 million total subscribers. <clears throat> So Netflix trades at the same valuation of Disney right now. So it's pretty nuts thinking that okay, Disney could be at a hundred million subscribers soon. Um they have the parks, they have the studios, they have all that, and it's pretty nuts just looking at people think Netflix is worth more. So it's clear the con- it's clear investors like the streaming service because of this recurring revenue and good margin business. Um and Disney is just starting to get going international, right? They've only released in uh, a handful of countries outside of the United States.
0: Yep, they just released in India, um, and what they've been doing is partnering a lot with the home countries, like main source of content or media. Like uh, like in India, I believe it's called Hotstar Hot Star, that yep. they did. Uh, they also launched in the UK, Ireland, Germany, Italy, Spain, Austria, and Switzerland on on late March um, and France in early April, all of them, great success. Totally. And so
1: once they go in all the, all these under other countries, uh, they'll be very successful. So kind of looking at the quarter that we're about to, about to see here earnings are going to be released in, in just a bit. Um, the hit to revenue is very real. Uh, you, you can't get away from that. Um, that's why the stock hasn't done well this year. Um, parks have been hurt. Um, you have to sell yourself not on the three month story, not on the six month story, but on the multi year story. Which that's how we think about when we're thinking about investing in companies like Disney. Um, you have an iconic brand. They're sitting in a strong cash position. They just raised six billion, and you just you have the king of content. And right now, content is so important, and people are wanting to consume more and more content, and you know, it's like, you just got to look a little further for this iconic uh, American brand.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Like if you stripped out Disney plus or Hulu or that like DTC unit, it'd be very hard to like sell yourself on that growth story. But like you said, they're in a great cash position. They just raised 6 billion in debt. They had 6 billion in cash already. They have access to a ton of other credit facilities. So, you know, that this is, you know, they're an iconic brand. Like you said, they're not going anywhere. So as long as you're looking down the line, um, you know, maybe a year or next summer or two years from now. Like it's, it's hard to argue that, that Disney isn't at a good spot.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll look forward to earnings. Um, If you follow us on any of the social media website, if you don't follow us on any of the social media websites, feel free to Uh, my Twitter's Ben. Dunbar, GK. Um, you can follow Gerber Kawasaki on Instagram or Twitter. And then Brett.
0: And I'm also at Besifling Trades on Twitter. So we're posting a ton of content on there and Instagram these days, uh, whether it's deep dives into stocks or earnings like we just did right now or, or different concepts like you know saving and investing for home down payments yeah. um, or...
1: Yeah, and, and and we we get a lot of our ideas, of what we talk about, from our clients and from our friends. So uh, you know, people asked us, hey, we, they wanted to hear about Disney on May the fourth, and so that's why we're here. So if there's things that you want to hear, definitely let us know. Feel free to email Ben at Gerber Kawasaki or Brad at Gerber Kawasaki. We're here to help, and we look yeah. forward to seeing you next time. We're here
0: to be a resource for you guys. So uh, feel free to reach out, ask questions. Um, we you know love interacting and and uh, being a resource towards you. So. Uh, Hope you guys have a great Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday, and we'll catch you soon.